Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. I'm Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today we have two gentlemen here from one of our very long-term sponsors, Winter Harbor Marina, and they're going to talk to us about winterizing your boat um, whether it's for storage uh, or even if it may be just for winterizing for outdoor storage. So we're going to talk about all of those options as we start to sadly look at the end of the cruising season and some of the portions of the northern part of the Great Leap Route. So we'll introduce them in just a moment. Before I do, I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners and viewers to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And another business that supports the Great Loop year after year is Winter Harbor Marina. They were actually just uh, nominated as a finalist for our sponsor of the year. So I'd like to welcome Tom Pirro and John Lombardi, who are with Winter Harbor. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Yeah, we're... Um, one of our listeners actually suggested we cover this topic, and that is storing your boat for the winter. We've got lots of members who are just falling in love with the Great Lakes cruising, the canals cruising. You're there on um, in Brewerton, which is part of the Erie Canal. So people are finding that if they store the boat after the summer cruising and come back early the next spring, they can kind of extend the cruising on those beautiful portions of the Great Loop. And then we've got lots of people who are just wanting to store their boat or winterize their boat anyway. So we'll dive into that topic pretty extensively. But first of all, tell us a little bit about the two of you, um, your boating experience and what you do there at Winter Harbor. Well, myself, I've boated all my life. Um, we lived on board 14 summers on a night of lake at the Lake Shore Yacht and Country Club. And in the earlier years, I used to winterize my own boat at one of the local marinas and made a very painstaking list of all the things that had to be done to make sure that there weren't any failures with the machinery or other uh, parts of the operating uh, mechanicals on a boat. Mm -hmm. and Tom, um, and yeah. Yeah, so we started the marina, what, 20? 1990. Yeah, 1998. So I was here when we put the first shovel in the ground. The marina was non-existent before and uh, kind of helped uh, start the business from the beginning and kind of we learned and grew as time went on. Starting with just mostly local, smaller boats. Now most of our clientele are actually out-of-state, non-local boats, great loopers. And uh, we've kind of become the service center for larger boats in the region. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what we do. Yeah. So for someone choosing to store their boat for the winter, and let, let's uh, start out with heated storage because that is pretty common um, in your area. So how early do people really need to plan for that and secure a space if they want to be in a heated storage building for their boat? We prefer they try to make arrangements a year before. Uh, we have a waiting list and we offer people that have stored for the current season the first opportunity to commit when they go in to, to the water in May mm -hmm. uh, uh, next year. If they're not coming back, then we go through the list and see 
chronologically who will fit the spot and then give them the first opportunity to fill that vacancy. Yeah. And is that, you know, kind of planning a year ahead, is that pretty typical as far as you know for most of the spaces along the Erie Canal or into the Great Lakes? I think so. There's very limited heated storage, so um, pretty much everybody has a waiting list. People have learned through the years the monetary difference from cold to warm storage is so minimal when you take into consideration the winterizing, the shrink wrapping, and then the possibility of the things that may have gone wrong with a little system missed, that it really makes sense to heat store. Yeah. So um, for those who are like me from the South and are not really super familiar with this whole concept, um, I I've learned some about it over the years. So I have found some um, boaters who have been kind of surprised by how this all works with going into the storage shed. So talk a little bit about um, when you start putting the boats in and how, how long that process takes and when they start coming back out. Yeah, that's fine. So generally the boats are coming in anywhere from uh, late August, September, then into early October. And what happens at that point is the boat comes to the dock and then we, um, we meet with the owners and go over their service uh, list and requests. At that point, um, the common service is to do oil changes on the boat, mm -hmm. um, oils, filters. Um, and then when the boat's done, we pull it in, pump it out, wash the boat and it'll go inside for storage. Um, the owner, the only thing they really have to do is empty the refrigerator, take any perishables off the boat. Um, other than that, it's gonna be inside in a, uh, you know, basically a 60 degree environment to the winter. So everything else can be pretty much left. And then when they come back in the spring, um, it goes back in the water and it's basically as they left the boat. Yeah. And one of the things I think um, for those not, who haven't done this before and not, real familiar with it is kind of the idea that once it goes into that building, you really don't have your choice of dates most of the time for it to come back out because they're packed in there pretty tight. So, um, you know, for loopers really looking to extend the season, I'm going to assume they want to be the one of the last ones into that building so that they can be one of the first ones back out in the spring. How do you, you know, kind of manage that of when people go in and put the boat in and then when it comes back out? We're pretty fortunate. We have enough uh, equipment to empty the center portion of the building realistically in three long days. So then we have access to all the side bays and the buildings also. So that really isn't a concern. Sometimes weather is a concern because here the weather doesn't really warm up until the third week of May or so. And people from here are traveling up into the Thousand Islands and the St. Lawrence water temperature is even colder than here because of the depth and uh, everything up there. So it, it seems to work out okay. Yeah. And, and for um, Winter Harbor does have a huge facility there. So for some facilities that don't have um, the equipment to move the boats as quickly or you know, the way they have them arranged into the building, just kind of keep in mind if you're out there looking for storage that if you decide to put the boat in you know, early in that period and it's one of the first ones in, it's typically one of the last ones out. So if you're looking to store somewhere, definitely ask those questions if you have a time frame in mind. 
Um, so John, you talked a little bit about some of those things that are done to prepare the boat for indoor storage. Um, are those things that are part of the contract typically, or are those things that the boat owner can do themselves if they choose to, to prepare to go in? So in general, um, most, um, most of our clientele have us do the work for them, meaning oil change um, and that type of service. What's that? Yeah, um, we also, the, the primary service we do are besides the engine oil changes, fuel filter changes. Um, obviously the boat gets pumped out. We haul the boat out, we power wash the hull, and it goes in, into the building for the winter. Um, some of the primary service we do on most of the boats are the impellers. We recommend people do that at a minimum, at least once every two years, but preferably once a year. And then at that point, it's whatever service the customer requests. So people usually come in the dock and they have a wish list of projects they want done. And while the customer's here, we meet with them and go over that list. And then um, once the boats are inside and in storage, we start doing the service through the winter. Um, we keep our crew of workers on through the winter and uh, we're just as busy in the winter as we are in the summer season because in the winter we have you know, over 200 boats and we're working on them. So you have your boat and you have a list of work which might be a few days to maybe a couple of weeks worth of work depending on what the project is. And then you multiply that out by the number of boats and uh, there's our winter. Yeah, keeps you busy, um, I'm sure. It keeps us busy and it allows people to get the work done when they're not using the boat. If right. you were winterized outside, the yard cannot go in and work on the boat in the middle of the winter um, because of shrunk wrap and it's too cold to work. So then comes spring, they're busy launching boats and they generally don't have the time to work on the projects as much. So one of the big benefits is um, we're as much a service facility as we are a storage facility. Mm -hmm. So in the winter, that drill, that project, you want the galley redone, you need the engines rebuilt, you want a bow or stern thruster installed on the boat. Those are the type of projects we do in the off season so that come spring, we'll be ready to go. Yeah. So um, what are some of the things that you might, you've been doing this for a long time, what are some things that you see in the industry or that you do that you can um, recommend that those who are looking for winter storage um, you know, what should they ask or what, what should they look for in a facility that might help put their mind at ease that their boat is going to be fine while they're gone for the winter? Well, if they have to outdoor store, so that means everything on the boat has to be winterized. And I learned many years ago, I took a course on diesel mechanics for winterizing to make sure that you go beyond what you think is safe because the temperatures you can't predict and you wanna make sure that your engines, are, the blocks are drained first and then any of the water drained is vacuumed out of the bilge. And then I always made sure that I took a five gallon pail of 60-40 antifreeze and took the intake off of the sea strainer and ran the engine to suck the antifreeze through the engine again and out the exhaust. And now you always wanna use environmentally safe uh, antifreeze for that. Then you have to do your water system, your air conditioning system, all the showers, external showers, wash down pumps. And I always make sure, did make sure that there was 
enough antifreeze in the bilge to make sure that the bilge pumps had antifreeze around them because typically there's 40 times during the winter that there's a freeze and a thaw. And every time that happens, there's always a chance that something can get damaged. Right. So um, I, that's great information for those who are, you know, perhaps winterizing um, and not putting into heated storage. And I want to come back to that. Um, one last question about heated storage. Um, what needs to be done to the boat when it comes out of the storage shed in the spring? Now, John, I know you mentioned it pretty much can go into the water, you know, as it came out. Um, but are there any uh, processes that have to happen before you drop her back in? So generally in the spring launch, the, um, at that point, we're re-turning um, the batteries back on. So at that point, the batteries in the fall were either turned off or disconnected, depending on the boat setup. So in the spring, one of the first thing is we get the boat in, we check the batteries. Um, and then oftentimes we recognize a boat coming out that if the batteries were bad or, you know, client will say, I'm having a little trouble with the batteries. And we look at it and they're four or five years old. We know that they're not going to make it to the next season. So usually we do our, our battery work in the spring. So you got to bring a boat out, get it charging, check it, make sure everything's still good. Other than that, when the boat went away in the fall, if we did service on it, everything was running. Um, if we did impellers, we generally do those in the spring so that you have the fresh impeller closer to the time of launch. Um, we put the boat in, start it, run it up, make sure everything's good. Usually one of the uh, advantages of doing the oil change in the fall is if there is a problem, we're in there doing an oil change, we might recognize that, hey, this hose over here is leaking or this looks like it's about to, to break. And then we'll go to the customer and say, well, in there doing this, we saw that your intake hoses are cracked. We recommend you change those. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of times just being in there doing the work, we can see the problems before they become a real issue to the voter and then recommend and suggest a service that should be done. Right. Okay, great. We appreciate that information. I'm gonna take a break and play a message from one of our sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about um, some of the winterization process for those who are not going into heated storage. So we'll be back in a moment. Schwartz and Company Yacht Sales is a boutique yacht sales organization and a proud supporter of AGLCA, loopers, and adventurous souls throughout the Great Lakes. We are the exclusive representative for American Tug throughout the Great Lakes region, including the Canadian provinces of Ontario and Quebec. We are very active in the yacht brokerage market on both the buy side and sell side, providing our guidance and resources to valued customers. We also work with shipbuilders, both in the U.S. and abroad, to bring our customers' unique dreams to life. We welcome the opportunity to earn your business. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guests today are with Winter Harbor Marina in Brewerton, New York, which is on the Erie Canal. They are Tom Pirro and John Lombardi, and they are giving us some advice and information on what to do with your boat in the winter, if it's gonna be remaining somewhere like Brewerton where it does freeze. Um, so Tom, you talked a little bit about uh, what, you know, the things that need to be done to a boat that is kind of above the freeze line and is not going into heated storage. So um, are those mainly things that, you know, a, a typical looper boat, let's say, you know, 40 foot range, are those things that somebody should really contract a yard to do or something that they can do themselves? And does it make a difference if they're 
you know, a little bit further south and perhaps remaining on board for the season? I think they should contract a reputable yard to do that service. Mm -hmm. uh, there's things that you can miss very easily by trying to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. And we've seen, unfortunately, through the years, a lot of people think they can do things in their engine room that they really aren't qualified to do, and they create a hazardous situation sometimes. Mm -hmm. They can be life-threatening if they're out on the water and cause a fire or do something bad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kim, back to one of the earlier questions. You're asking, yeah. you know, how do you use a facility or where do you store and how to do it? Mm -hmm. And it, you know, my general thing is go in and look around. People come in and say, oh, your marina's so clean and nice. And that's just what I'm used to. It's what I expect until maybe I go to someplace else and see, and then I realize what they're talking about. Um, you know, we, we keep our own personal boats in here. So we take pride in keeping it clean and, uh, you know, everything as we would want it for our boats. So as in any other thing, you go to a business or you look around and see how things are taken care of. And that kind of shows what, how the business is run and how they'll take care of your boat as well. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's great advice. Um, tell us a little bit about shrink wrapping. You know, when does that need to happen? Is there, you know, how cold of a climate do you need to be in for that to be necessary? Or is that just kind of a, um, you know, to keep the boat aesthetically cleaner while it's in storage? Well, I think um, a lot of people will shrink wrap the boat just to keep the weight of the snow and the pileups and the ice that would create in different areas on the decks. Uh, shrink wrapping can be done later in the fall after the winterization process, obviously. But sometimes you get to that point where the weather gets bad, it's windy, makes it more difficult to handle the shrink wrap. Mm -hmm. And then you try to make sure that they put vents in there so you get some air movement and you don't get mildew and mold. Yeah. Okay. And for, um, for someone who, you know, is, is a little further south and realizing that your experience is primarily up there where it does freeze and thaw, as you said, an average of 40 times. Um, but for someone who's, you know, a little further south and maybe it doesn't typically freeze, Anything you can suggest they need to do or look at if they do have, you know, kind of an unusual freeze. And in Charleston, about once every 10 years, we get a snowfall um, and, you know, a little bit of freeze here and there. Most boats don't winterize. Is there kind of, you know, any guidelines you can suggest if it does happen to freeze unexpectedly? What should you check? Um, any, any thoughts or from your experiences, anything you can share about that? Well, if they haven't winterized the water system, and they're close by and they get a freeze, they should go in and activate the water system okay. so that everything flows. It would take generally a couple days of, you know, real sub-freezing weather for anything to get damaged. But the more you can move things around and prevent the collection of ice would be recommended. Start the engines if the boat's still in the water. Right. Anything, um... Well, I guess I haven't asked if you have a boat that's uh, to be winterized or had a yard winterized and it was outdoor, cold stored. Um, anything different that needs to be done for those boats to get ready to go back in the water in the spring? Well, there's a whole lot more work involved when a boat is winterized and stored outside because 
generally all the canvas and isinglass has to come off the boat, be placed and put where it is uh, in a above freezing temperature. All condiments, um, bedding, everything has to come off of the boat and brought someplace so it doesn't get damp and mildew. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge comparison difference between heated storage. With heated storage, it's just the refrigerator. Everything else stays on the boat. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a lot of work for um, a typical looper boat that is used, you know, during the cruising season as a liveaboard. I know we've got lots of our listeners who don't have their loop boat yet and maybe have a smaller boat um, that also have these kinds of concerns. So I think you've, you've provided great information for them as well. Anything that I have neglected to ask about that you would want folks to know about what to do with their boat in the winter? <laughs> Not really. So look, the heated storage, it offers so many advantages. Um, another one being that in midwinter, we have a lot of customers who will fly in and visit their boat in the middle of the winter. Mm -hmm. They're like, I just want to go sit on the boat. I miss it. And then they come in, <laughs> they take around, they have a little project they're working on. And um, so they walk in and uh, for people who it's the first time in heated storage, they're amazed that I'm like, I'm on my boat. It's like I'm on the water. It's the same you know, it's not enclosed in a shrink wrap, which is like putting your boat in a big plastic bag, and it's moldy or mildew. A lot of the damage on boats happen when they're not in use, meaning when the boat's in storage. When you're on the boat, you're taking care of things, you're keeping it clean. Um, if a boat's outside winterized, it's mold, mildew, everything gets dirty. If a drain gets clogged, things happen to the boat when it's not being used for the most part. So people appreciate coming in and be able to get on the boat and actually do things. And uh, we have people come up, will come up for a week, two weeks, rent a hotel and just work on their boat. Mm -hmm. And uh, it gets them more excited. And then when spring comes, they're, they're really ready to go. Yeah. Jim, Excellent. Other, oh, yeah, go ahead, Tom. Just one more thing I wanted to bring up. No matter what size the boat is, people should be aware of, all of us in our boating experience have bumped into a dock or a piling or whatever. But every time that rub rail hits something, there's a good chance that there's a fracture below that into the gel coat. And what happens in the winter, there's always moisture in there. And that freeze and thaws so many times. And that's where damage starts to occur, where you see spider cracking along the sides of the bow. And every year that grows and gets into the core eventually and causes a lot of damage. That great information um, because those rub rails hitting things happens pretty regularly when you're going through a lot of locks and, <laughs> and a lot of different docks day in and day out. So thanks for adding that. That's really helpful. And I want to thank uh, both of you and thank everyone at Winter Harbor for your long-term AGLCA sponsorship. I think you've been around for longer than I have with AGLCA and we certainly appreciate that. And congratulations once again on your nomination for sponsor of the year. Thanks, Kim. Thank you, we Kim. appreciate it. Yeah, and we, we appreciate you being with us and sharing all these details today. And thank you to everyone who has watched or listened. We will be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, stay cruising.